0: Hello Visioners and welcome to Small Business Celebration and we're continuing our series on small businesses that are rising from the recession. And we are in the annals of the Mechanics Bank Arena to speak to our guest this week who's going to talk about how we can skate our business into success. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello, Visioneers, and welcome to Small Business Celebration. And our guest this week is Matt Riley of the Bakersfield Condors. Welcome to Small Business Celebration.
1: Thanks. Great to be here.
0: For Visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? Uh,
1: Matthew Riley, president of the Bakersfield Condors professional hockey team, uh, oversee the uh, business operations and uh, hopefully put butts in the seats.
0: <laughs> For Visioneers who don't know what possessed you to get into the sports world
1: well it was uh you know i think a lot of folks as as kids you know dream uh of being in you know the major leagues or professional athlete or whatever it is and i was certainly no different uh played baseball up through college and clearly wasn't good enough to go on after that so right oh, just wanted to remain in sports and in, in one form or fashion and uh you know one thing led to another and and here we are today
0: One of the things that often gets bemoaned in professional sports is the realization to some fans that there is a business behind the sports and you do have to make money in doing this and this is one of your, that's your chief responsibility here in Condorstown is to make the team profitable and keep it profitable and you got your start not in hockey but in baseball?
1: yeah I um, actually got a, a undergrad degree in communications and business and then did a, a internship in college with the St. Louis Cardinals, mm-hmm. who uh, being from the Midwest, that was kind of my dream team and had a great experience uh, moved to St. Louis for six months, slept on the floor of a studio apartment but but you know got to meet like Stan Musial and and uh, Bob Costas and Harry Carey and Whitey Herzog and Ozzie Smith and you know the, the Hall of Famers right uh, and then um, uh, ended up getting a Masters in Sport Management mm-hmm. um, and then uh, sent my resume out to uh, every every team that existed and, and got no replies and uh, so. I uh, ended up uh, begging the uh, general manager of the Chattanooga Lookouts, a minor league team for the Cincinnati Reds at the time, for mm-hmm. a job and said, I'll do whatever you want and whenever you want it. And so he, he brought me on. It was a very small staff. And day one, I cleaned popcorn machines and, and did, it, did everything that needed to be done to, to run a minor league baseball operation, including pulling tarp. <laughs> and uh, you know, then uh, you know things evolved from there.
0: As your career evolved, you actually rose through ranks and you became the general manager of a very successful minor league baseball team, did you not?
1: Yeah, when I was 28 years old, I thought I knew everything and could run a team. (laughs) And uh, so my my boss, Bill Davidson, he helped me get a job of a a, a team that was just starting up and it was down in uh, Mobile, Alabama. It was an independent team. We played on University of South Alabama campus. We retrofitted the stadium and and, uh, uh, then had success. Led the league in attendance and and two years later, the Southern League. So professional league uh, wanted to come in and build a new stadium. Hank Aaron's from Mobile. They named it uh, Hank Aaron Stadium. So we built a brand new stadium in Mobile, Alabama. Led the league in attendance. And uh, it it was really a a great undertaking and, and a great result. The success of that team and what you were able to do with it caught
0: the eye of an owner who already owned another minor league baseball team but he was opening up a new hockey team. There's this notion out there that it's not what you know but who you know but in your case it's more apropos to say it's not what you know but who knows you. Is it not?
1: Well, I, I, I had done a good job, and it wasn't just me, obviously, but the the folks that had been hired, and then as a staff, we we set some attendance records and in minor league baseball, and uh, certainly were kind of uh, uh, known throughout the industry, and so. Uh, The owner, Jonathan Fleisick had bought the Bakersfield Fog at the time here. They played in the convention center. Our baseball season had just got over. I actually just came out more as a favor Mm -hmm. um, on a a short notice to get them ready for their last season as the arena was being built. It was supposed to come out for three weeks. One one thing led to another, and here we are about 23 years later. uh, Went from Fog to the Condors in a a new building, which now is not a new building, but it still held its uh, youth pretty well.
0: The Condors have gone from one iteration and now have moved into a new iteration from the ECHL to the ACHL?
1: AHL, and actually it's our third league, but I can correct on that. (laughs) Okay,
0: that's fine. (laughs) And with those evolutions, you have been able to keep this franchise more than profitable, but actually rather successful, have you not?
1: Yeah, we started as the West Coast Hockey League. There were uh, from six to eight teams, so a very small league where you're, you're, you're playing the same team over and over again, and and uh, those were days where you know players a lot of players had played in the NHL. So instead of going up to the NHL, kind of they they were coming down, if you will. Right. And uh, so some certainly some differences, but. Uh, That league was then absorbed by the ECHL that was the East Coast Hockey League but it doesn't make any sense to have a team in Bakersfield in the the East Coast Hockey League obviously so it was named the ECHL and, and all the teams in California came in. I was actually the acting commissioner of the West Coast Hockey League during that last year as we were brought into the, the ECHL, which is kind of the, the AA right. of professional hockey. Uh, and then, now, we've, this is our sixth year in the American Hockey League, so AAA hockey, one step away from the NHL uh... it's very exciting that our players go up and down on a continual basis and one night we will be in our starting lineup here and the next night we will be in a starting lineup down at staples center or wherever the oilers are playing
0: and all this growth has come from the team of people you have built here and maintain here and i don't know about you vision your nation but i'm very much ready for hockey season to resume again what was Condors Town reaction to the
1: current covid situation we're in obviously it's been challenging for everybody and we've got a uh, we've been blessed with a loyal fan base and a and a great community and you know the season ticket holders have stuck by us it's it's been tremendous and uh you know usually we would start in october right you know now it's january and we're going to get started in february and the season's going to be shorter and we're not sure you know how many fans are going to be let in or when fans are going to be let in so uh but they they stuck by us our sponsors have stuck by us Uh, it's been great they you know we've assured them we're not going anywhere and and we didn't have to assure them that we we weren't going anywhere right Uh, so it's just a matter of of when things can uh when we can get fans in the stands again when we can begin making making i remember moments and when we can Uh, back to our business which is really family entertainment and fun.
0: One of the things that some business owners have an intrepidation about is working with the municipal government and yet your position with the Condors organization is very integral with working with the city because the city owns the arena, the city owns the practice facilities, and yet you are very popular with many of the people within the city and as a result is also that has also rolled over into the success of the Condors organization. How have you nurtured those relationships with the city to help the Condors be a successful organization?
1: Well, we're not successful on our own, and it, it takes partners to to be successful in anything you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the the players are here to get to the National Hockey League, but the Condors franchises here for the community We're a community asset or a place where people go to have have fun and, and see a great great product and you know same with maybe a concert or a family show or whatever so uh, there's always obstacles there's always roadblocks uh, speed bumps whatever you want to call them uh, but you know you pick your battles and, and, and you fit, sit down and, and figure it out together because at the end of the day it's got to work so how, how are we going to figure out how to make this happen? If visionaries want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, well, uh, 324 puck uh, 3247825 uh, email Matt R at Bakerswoodcondors.com. I'm on uh, LinkedIn. Um, try to get back to people uh, in, in a pr- pretty pretty quick manner. And what's your website? Condorstown.com. Sounds good. And if you enjoy Small
0: Business Celebration, go ahead and reach out to us on our social media platforms and go ahead on this program here on YouTube, go ahead and like, subscribe, notify, and leave a comment. We love hearing your comments or reading your comments. And those comments and questions actually get asked by our guests, which you will also get to hear and see in the next segment. And when we come back, If you'll notice there is a framed jersey right behind me of one of the landmark marketing episodes here with the bakersfield condors that was a lot of fun a lot of work and successful it's a new year and a new you this is the year you communicate your business more clearly more succinctly and more effectively to your clients, your customers, and your employees. Set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition by joining Toastmasters. Toastmasters, the fun and relaxed group of leaders who will help you get ahead. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button, that's Toastmasters.org, and click on the Find a Club button today. We are here in the equipment room here in Condorstown. We have left the lockers and gone to where all the important stuff as far as the gear goes here in Condorstown. And we are with our guest, Matthew Riley, the president of the Bakersfield Condors. And our visionary question comes from Leslie, and she asks, I've worked in the business for almost 15 years as an employee and now have the opportunity to own the business. What should I watch out for when Taking the top leadership position
1: uh, well yeah lots lots of different ways you can go there huh? I think you know uh, um, letting people know what you expect of them uh, is, a, is, is a key thing or mm. uh, the key thing and uh, you know we can we can look at a situation and, and maybe have something that's obvious to us is not obvious to, to you or, or other folks so right uh, getting a getting a team sitting down Mm-hmm. Uh, here, here's the obstacles we've got to overcome let's figure out together how we're gonna overcome mm-hmm. get the complete buy-in from everybody and then let's all go pull the rope in the same direction how do you or what is the process for helping
0: or ha- having or pulling everybody into a common vision
1: Well, I, I think it's brainstorming and whiteboarding and and uh, saying um, no idea is a dumb idea. There actually are dumb ideas, but <laughs> saying that um, and, and then going from there. Because a lot of times a, a dumb idea or a not great idea can be the, the brain seed of a, the bird seed of a, of a, the embryo of a great idea, right? Sure. And, and when, when, if you're trying to noodle something by yourself, no matter how genius you are, you're going to be limited. Whereas if you've got a, a group of people noodling it, from coming from varied experiences because we all have different experiences and and different things that shape us, that's the best way to solve a problem. And speaking of crazy ideas
0: and noodling ideas, at some point somebody came up with this brilliant idea of taking an indoor game. And taking it across town to Memorial Stadium at Bakersfield College, which is a f- outdoor football stadium, and you put on a game in the middle of the football field, and yet it is still an event people are still talking about some ten years later.
1: Uh, the, our outdoor game was four years ago. Okay, four years ago. Uh, but you know the NHL has been putting on outdoor games for a, a, at least a decade. And, you know, it's kind of funny, when, when, when we were here, say, 20 years ago in Bakersfield, we actually talked about, very jokingly, uh, about putting out an outdoor game here in Bakersfield, and where would we do it? Well, you'd have to do it at Memorial Stadium because of the, the seating capacity and the configuration. Um, the Edmonton Oilers were actually the first NHL team to, to play an outdoor game. Really? And it was in Edmonton. It was <laughs> in the th- middle of winter. And I think it was about 30 below windchill. And it was packed, which it wouldn't be here. Uh, so, uh, you know, many years go by, and uh, it's something we always wanted to do. And, and you know, we saw the NHL put on uh, an outdoor game at Dodger Stadium between the Kings and the Ducks. I went to that game. And uh, I said, okay, w- we can do this. And then we just sat down and we figured, it, figured out how to do it. And right. uh, we went to BC and Bakersfield College and uh, they thought it was a great idea. And, um, uh, and, and we made it happen, a uh, ton of work, a lot of obstacles, a lot of roadblocks. I uh, got lots lots of stories, <laughs> uh, but it was fantastic.
0: Let's talk about the difference between putting on a hockey game where it's going to be 32 degrees below zero in Edmonton, Canada, versus in Bakersfield, where even in the middle of the winter it can get up to 70 degrees.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know we, we've got to start, put an entire ice surface on a football field, and you know, all the chillers, all the equipment. Um, well over a million dollar investment to get that done. Uh, we're also playing at Memorial Stadium, which is a great stadium with a lot of history and a great place to watch a football game and a hockey game. However, not the not the amenities that you would expect out of a facility today. Right. No Wi-Fi. Very limited. You know, restrooms. Very limited food and beverage service. So we had to bring in porta-potties and fencing and 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 tons of food trucks and wi-fi and and we televised the game from there and we brought in a video board so the game was on uh january 7th 6th and 7th Mm -hmm. the sixth was a nhl alumni game and an all-star game we had luke robitaille wayne gretzky here uh, a number of movie stars here and they played and then the condors game was played the next night so we brought in a video board the, you know, the, you got to see them. We get, yeah, we got to see them. So uh, the video board came from Times Square. It was used uh, when the ball dropped, New Year's Eve, and then it came out here on a flatbed. They did a site visit. The video board itself cost $30,000 to rent and put in place. So you can imagine all the other expenses that went sure. into the game. So they came out and did a site visit, and we're at the stadium. Yep, no problem. Here's what we're doing. Here's the quote. Okay, let's go. So it gets there uh the night before about four o'clock in the afternoon on the fifth we've got the the game on the sixth and the game on the seventh driver comes up and says yeah i can't get it on the football field um so because of the dip at bc where it goes down and it's a flatbed truck so we actually had to uh open up the fence got (laughs) plywood from the arena and we were out there For 11 hours it was raining of course so we're out there and and the the 18-wheeler would have got stuck in the dirt so we're out there for 11 hours about 10 of us building a plywood highway building a plywood highway so (laughs) the video board could get on the football field uh it was it was fantastic it was terrible but it was fantastic (laughs) did it make money uh, we did not make money, and uh, we we learned some things. You know, I mentioned the outdoor game in Edmonton uh, that was packed and it was freezing. You know, here it rained and people stayed home. Um, uh, the people that came out had the time of their life. I was it, one of them. We was, had a great time. It was a lot of fun, and the fact that you know most of these hockey players grew up playing outside, obviously, right uh, in in northern northern parts. Uh, so they're used to playing outside, but not in a rainstorm or in a snowstorm. So the rain was coming down. We had doubled the chillers necessary at the stadium here because of the threat of it being sunny and 70 degrees, right. not necessarily the threat of a monsoon. And so that helped the uh, freeze the rain more as it hit the ice. Now, it was still a mess, and it was on ESPN, and it, it was a beautiful mess, though. And it was in the second period, and I just happened to be standing be- between the player benches. And the refs came over and said, we're going to take them off the ice. and Worried about the safety of the sure, players. These sure. are highly paid professional athletes in a lot of uh, uh, cases. And they, the players were like, no, we're having a blast. This is great. And the coaches kind of looked at each <laughs> other. And it, it's, everything's outdoors, so you can talk to each other sure. and, and everything. And the guys were like, well, if the players want to play, I'm good with it. Are you good with it? And the coaches said, yeah, we're good with it. So they kept playing. And, uh, you know, it, it was a great event. Not as many fans as we would have liked. But we wore different jerseys each period that night uh, with our different logos. We had our oil drop logo. We had our bird only logo. And then we had our condor Primary logo, and the idea was we were going to have multiple jerseys to auction to raise money for local nonprofits. Right. So instead of just having one set, we had three sets of jerseys. Well. Uh, it poured in the second period. We go in the locker room, we change into dry jerseys. The other team didn't have a backup set of jerseys. Uh. And our goalie had a backup set of equipment. So he changed into dry equipment. So we're down 2-0 going into the third period. We came out, we scored two goals in the third period to tie it up, one in overtime. And you can bet I went into the locker room after the game <laughs> And told the guys, yep, this is where promotions can win you a hockey game. And they were totally in agreement.
0: (laughs) You learned a lot from this particular failure, as it were, and you have a wonderful story to tell about it. But there is also an annual event that Condorstown does that is actually very successful. And you've done it since, I believe, the second season of Condors. And it's the infamous Teddy Bear Toss.
1: Yep, everybody loves Teddy Bear Toss. A lot of people say, you know, if I come to one game a year, it's Teddy Bear Toss. Uh, Great tradition and and glad we can do it for the community.
0: Where did you get the idea for that?
1: Well, uh, like a lot of good ideas, stole that one from another team. (laughs) Okay. And uh, after our first year, I was at a promotional conference promotional seminar with, with minor league sports teams and, and trading ideas and, and saw a video of this from a minor league team up in Canada and said, hey, let's give that a shot. So we didn't really know what to expect. We did it here. We got some media partners. We got people on board. We got the United Way and just got the word out and said, you know, bring a bear. Bring a stuffed animal. When the condors score their first goal, throw it on the ice. People like to throw things, right? Sure. Um, so we did it, and we were ill-prepared. Uh, there were over <laughs> 2,000 bears the first year. We had no idea how to clean the ice. We, you know, <laughs> uh, we finally got the bears off the ice. Mm-hmm. And then well, what do we do with them? I mean, transportating 2,000 stuffed animals, you know. Can't not, exactly put them in the backseat of Volkswagen Bug. No. Not going to do it in your trunk. So we were playing Fresno. And uh, the bus driver, we talked to the bus driver about putting the bears on the Fresno team bus, driving it over to the facility and coming back. And it was early enough in the game that he could do that and get back uh, for the team to go back to Fresno. And so we did it. A lot lot, lot of people on board there. And uh, I still remember, you know, looking at the bus driving away with the the (laughs) stuffed animals' faces smashed up against the glass.
0: Well, and I'm glad the bus driver got back in time, because I, I could just imagine a bunch of Fresno hockey players trying to sit with a bunch of teddy bears on, on a bus. I, I could just imagine how that wouldn't work. Did, did Fresno
1: win? Uh, I doubt it. I mean, <laughs> you know, the Condors and the Falcons, it was, it was a fun rivalry. Uh, right, right. Uh, so and, uh, to add
0: insult to injury, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to sit, have your seat <laughs> with a bunch of stuffed animals because yeah. you lost. <laughs> Yeah, but one of the things that you also mentioned in all this is teamwork, because you talked about building the plywood highway with 10 people so that you could get the video sign in and and you also talked about having to work with the bus driver to transport the, the teddy bears and the staff trying to figure out how to get all the teddy bears off the ice. This is the consummate skill of a leader, is the ability to do that. Where did you first, well, for some of us, leadership is a learned skill, it's not something that necessarily comes innately. How did you learn or where did you learn the skill of leadership that allows you to pull all these different people and resources together so that you can get a whole bunch of teddy bears off the ice and they don't have to go home with the Fresno players?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a culmination of things. I mean, you, you need to share your vision. You need to have other people understand, you know, your vision and, and, and kind of what their part is and, and, and really get, get the buy-in to that. And, uh, and how did you learn this? Yeah, I think you know, um, I, I put a lot of credit uh, in, in in college and paying attention, and um, you know, um, my communication classes at Emporia State and, and public speaking classes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that does not come natural to me at all, and it, it's really something to, to to you know, you just need to do, or I need to do again and again and again to. To, to feel more comfortable with and and really uh, you know excelling in anything is probably getting out of your comfort zone and you know uh, trying to understand your strengths and weaknesses and and uh, you know where 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 you can improve and you uh, you know you can have a tremendous amount of work ethic but if, if you really want to get something accomplished you, you need a team and if you've got a vision and other people hopefully can add to that vision or or, or, or you know in an equal way or even a, a more way and, and come up with that and then uh, you know pull the rope in, in the same direction so kind of you know t- telling a story and you know when when you go to you know, maybe maybe 23 years ago, uh, t- telling somebody about a a packed house, you know, and, and uh, for a hockey game and, and 10,000 bears raining down, uh, you know, for somebody in Bakersfield, California, that might be hard for them to picture. So you got to tell them this is what we're going to do, right? And explain that vision, paint that picture. Picture's worth a thousand words, and then uh, here's how we're going to get there.
0: When we come back, we're going to go into more detail about the why of leadership and how to comply to you and your business when we come right back your comments your thoughts your ideas your suggestions are crucially important to us here at small business celebration in fact the reason we are here at condorstown is because several of you wanted to find out what the business behind professional hockey is like and that is why we're here so keep the comments coming keep the suggestions coming and reach out to us on linkedin facebook and Instagram and let us know what you want to learn about. Ask the questions you want to find out about so that we can go ahead and continue this great program and bring you the information you want to learn. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with Matthew Riley, the president of the Bakersfield Condors, and our visionary question for the segment comes from Atrika who asks, how do you find new ideas after being in the same business for 20 years to market your company well i,
1: I you know i think uh best practices in the industry and in uh, constant communication with partners you know i mean our competition on the ice uh would be the ontario rain or the san jose barracuda or the the the, the stockton heat but but off the ice we're all partners and we're all trying to To figure out how to how to make our product bigger and better Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, communicating stealing ideas uh, sharing best practices uh, whether it's the AHL the NHL baseball football you know you name it the entertainment industry sure Um, and 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 even other industries you know how are they doing it and you know a lot of what we want to introduce new people to we've got been blessed with a, a great fan base and I think most people know who the Condors are, uh, but we wanna give people continual new reasons to come out besides hockey. Right. Uh, there's only so many hockey fans, there's only so, many, only so many sports fans, but everybody likes to be entertained. Right. So how can we uh, take what's, what's hot, what's happening, what's current, and make that relevant to Condors hockey?
0: One of the challenges that happens uniquely to the sports entertainment industry is that you're going to go through patches where the team isn't performing as well as the fans would like. And sometimes it's one game, sometimes it's an entire season. What are some of the practices to keep the marketing fresh, to keep people coming to see the games uh, so that the, the team can be successful, even if the, the, the win-loss rec- record doesn't show it.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think the, the basic there is control the controllables mm. and and understand what you can control and, mm. and worry about that. And don't worry about what you can't control. Um, we, we, we we don't plan on having a great team. Uh, you know, the, the team on the ice, their goal is to win every game. Right. Off the ice, our goal is to sell every seat and to make sure all those seats that are sold, that the person there has a great time. Uh, those are aggressive goals.
0: <laughs> they are, they are. <laughs> Trying to sell out a stadium, full seats, every game right. is not easy.
1: Uh, but, you know, if you wanna succeed, you, 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 you shoot high and uh, you, you aim for perfection, Right. Uh, knowing that perfection is not achievable, but that greatness is achievable. So. Let's aim for perfection, let's hope we're great, and, uh, and go from there. One of the
0: greatnesses, or a pair of the greatnesses, that have come out of Condor Town are some players who have written some business books about hockey that also mentioned the Bakersfield Condors. Books are fundamentally important for development personally and in business. And Tell us, first of all, what those two books are that are written by Condor alumni, as it were, and, and what kinds of books do you read to help nurture your growth in your position?
1: Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of uh, great general leadership books, sales books, teamwork uh, books, and particularly the ones you're talking about. Uh, Ken Baker wrote a book, They Don't Play Hockey in Heaven, and he was a guy that was a, a collegiate goalie and had health problems. Actually, had cancer and, and was uh, could have could have died. And and fought his way back uh, health wise. And then uh, worked out an arrangement where he could spend the year with us, be a backup goalie, and, and write a book. Mm. And uh, so lots of great stories in there on Condorstown, uh, particularly fans back in the day. Um, and then the other one uh, just came out. It's called King of Cheer, and it's by Cameron Hughes. And uh, folks that have been to Condors games would would recognize Cameron or know who he is. But not only is he at Condors games, but he's been at uh, all kinds of NBA, NHL games, the Olympics. He's been on the Today Show. Uh, he's been at the U.S. Open. He's been at Wimbledon. And and uh, so he's got a ton of great stories. And it's, uh, it's a book about... Um, um, Overcoming obstacles hmm. and, and mindset and uh, just, you know, you, you, you can do it. You can overcome it and be the best you can be. But certainly some great ties in, tie-ins to Con- Condorstown.
0: More specifically, everybody seems to think that all of their own business or their own industries are unique unto themselves. And... There is a book that has been very important to you and your development as the president of the Condors, that on the surface is very specific to hockey. Tell us a little bit about that one.
1: Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit if I can. Um, you know, I, I kind of got my start in, in Chattanooga with the Chattanooga Lookouts, and there was a guy named Joe Engel, mm-hmm. and and he was. kind of known as the the P.T. Barnum of of minor league baseball and and actually gave away a house at a game, uh, packed uh, and uh, had packed stadiums and and traded a player for a turkey one time and just a a lot of lore (laughs) through him and that's how I kind of cut my teeth and then kind of followed by him was was Bill Veck. Bill Veck um, uh, had a uh, Eddie Goodell that he that he signed to a contract and uh, was was a little person, and a pitcher couldn't throw him strikes, and he walked him. <laughs> and, uh, so pr- promotions like that led to Mike Beck, and, and they've put out books. But and and that's kind of the the uh, the fun of of the of the game and the promotional end of the game. And then there's a guy named John Spolstra, who was CEO of the Portland Trailblazers and and a, and a number of other uh, sports teams, who put out has put out a number of books. there's one ice to eskimos and uh he's got some (laughs) other books but uh, he brings a lot of examples that are in other industries whether it's selling cars or or selling whatever selling widgets
0: right and and
1: and how you can relate that to selling tickets and and selling fun and selling sponsorships and how that relates to us so certainly that's in you know my wheelhouse and and kind of the, the the bible of Of uh, of professional sports front office when it comes to to sales.
0: Visionaries you may notice we are in our third location. We are in the workout room, the the gym as it were for the condors and one of the reasons we're in here is it's another location, another look into the inside of the annals of, of the condor life but this also serves another important purpose and that is you like to work out on a very regular basis and it's more than just physical exercise to keep you in shape. What do you do in here and why?
1: Well I think, you know, the physical exercise is, is what brought me to working out and, and probably what brings most people to working out. Um, and I don't necessarily enjoy the uh, the part of working out as much, but I know it's good for me. I, I, I don't want to have a heart attack. I want to be healthy. Uh, I want to do the right thing. But really, is what it's happened is is, uh, is has been good for my mind and mm. and mind health. And and I how can't. Oh, so? well, I just can't tell you how many uh, what what I think are great ideas and and how many things that that we've done here in Condors Town that that kind of. Uh, were started on where I was on the elliptical or the exercise bike or whatever, and it's, you know, whether it's, it's just a chance to clear your mind, and and whether it's, you know, you're you're stretching or doing yoga or praying or, or, or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. to me exercise is a way to kind of kind of clear that mind and and uh, and and think clearly, and it's amazing where, you know, you, you might have issues or problems or whatever, and, and, you know, you can only do so much sitting at the desk, and sometimes you right. need to get, you know, away, and by by sweating a little bit, uh, whatever it is, uh, I think things can become a lot clearer, and they usually do. What gets you up every morning to come to work? Yeah, I love coming to work. I mean, uh, blessed to be in, a, in the entertainment industry, professional sports, fun, Um I'm thankful to to be in it. It's probably a a, a a industry and a job that that a lot of people you know would, would think that would be fun. Right. It's not all fun, obviously. No 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 position is. There's there's hard work and grunt work and a grind. But um, you know how you look at things, and um, um, you know a lot of it's really the 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 people that we work with, and whether it's in any industry. Uh, you know, I think that, that goes a long ways, and uh, again, in this community, uh, our, our fans, you know, the season ticket holders, and, and, uh, and our sponsors, our partners, their, mm-hmm. their partners, you know, whether it's Three Way Chevrolet or, or Mission Bank or Dignity Health, Stinson's, Advanced Beverage, W.A. Thompson, American Business Machines. I mean, I almost hate listing them because I'm going to leave off so many people. <laughs> There'll but,
0: be one that you'll figure forget, you know, and they will let you well, know. Well, there's a lot more than
1: one. I mean, right. it's almost an endless list, and uh, that they 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 help. You know, they're a lot of what goes on here in Condors Town, and we couldn't do it without them, and and wouldn't want to do it without them. And yeah, they're business partners, but they're friends. If visioners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Three two four puck uh, is is the is the phone. Uh, Matt R at bakersfieldcondors.com. Our website's Condorstown. Uh, dot com uh linkedin um and uh yeah love to hear from anybody we uh l- l- love everyone in condorstown well matt
0: this has been a pleasure thank you very much for coming on small business celebration and we look forward to seeing you again very soon
1: sounds good thanks mike
0: it's a new year and a new you. This is the year you communicate your business more clearly, more succinctly, and more effectively to your clients, your customers, and your employees. Set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition by joining Toastmasters. Toastmasters, the fun and relaxed group of leaders who will help you get ahead. Go to toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button. That's Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button today. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioner is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be be and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a Visioneer? Join the Visioneer tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today.